Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Angel Has Fallen in today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. So... Yeah, Angel Has Fallen, that's today's episode. We're going to do statistics for the third film in the Has Fallen, Fallen trilogy. And, uh, I don't know. It'll be fine. I don't think anyone's particularly excited over this. I mean, no one's really been clamoring for a third Butler Has Fallen movie that I'm aware of. And the second one was pretty, pretty terrible. That said, uh, just before we get into things, uh, Friday's episode. I'm very, very excited for Friday's episode because it is going to be a review of Parasite, Bong Joon-ho's newest film that won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to probably watch it a second time today, maybe a third time tomorrow. Uh, It is a very fascinating film, and I'm very excited to get into it and talk about it. But, in order to get to there, we have to start here. And here is Angel Has Fallen, and it's some statistics. Lots of statistics. Who doesn't like statistics? Uh, Well, if you're listening to this, and you don't, I don't know why you're listening to this episode. Anyway, Angel Has Fallen is a 2019 film. It came out this past weekend. I saw it on August 27th. That would be, what's today, Wednesday? That would be Tuesday. That would be Tuesday. Uh, it's an hour and 52 minutes long, give or take. Uh, there is a sort of mid-credits scene uh, that happens right after the first like four or five title cards that was really long, for, as far as I was concerned, and didn't really add much. Uh, it was just Butler and Nolte being Butler and Nolte. I ended up giving this film an 18, and I think that kind of speaks for itself. It's a pretty trashy action, dad action movie that sort of harkens back a few decades, at least. And if you've seen the previous two, uh, even if you haven't, you don't need to, uh, but if you've seen the previous two, Gerard Butler, Secret Service Agent, um, Morgan Freeman is the president, and Gerard Butler saves his life. It's what happens in every movie, uh, including this one. Uh, My film synopsis for Angel Has Fallen, the most trusted member of the Secret Service is framed for attempted assassination. So in this one, someone tries to kill the president, and this time they pretend and frame uh, Gerard Butler, and he did it. He did it. I've seen a couple of these movies where the, you know, it's not the first film in a franchise, and the hero, the main character, the guy... uh, is framed for doing some unspeakable atrocity. You know, Mission Impossible has done this. Um, Got to imagine there's others. I'm sure Bond has done this too. But the idea here being that uh, our hero is not as incorruptible as we think he is. Except he he is, though. Uh, At least in this this franchise butler is absolutely incorruptible and you know when you work that close with the president 
uh, I mean, all bets are off, but also no bets are off because the president trusts you. So I don't know. It's a, it's a really tough pill to swallow when you got a guy who has already saved the president's life multiple times uh, being framed for trying to kill the president. Like, one, innocent until guilty, until proven guilty. Uh, two, you know, trusted, trusted Secret Service member, very trusted guy, very trusted fellow. Uh, three, uh, from the bad guy's perspective, why would you pick, of all people, Gerard Butler to frame for killing the president? Like, literally any other person is more likely to have done it. And uh, it just, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's really silly. Anyway, let's get past that. Gave it an 18. It's pretty garbage. It has a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that ranks it 142nd uh, for me out of all the 2019 films this year, and 7,166th all time out of everything I've seen, uh, which now totals 8,018 films. Uh, we broke the 8,000 mark last Friday. Uh, I, I broke the 8,000 mark last Friday, which was super exciting. Uh, the film in itself was certified copy from 2010, foreign language film. And I am looking forward to the next milestone. Um, it's good. It's good stuff. Uh, it's it's got a one on the Bechdel test. It's got an, an R rating, MPAA R rating. It is an action movie and currently the 996th highest rated action film. It is a thriller, currently the 1,252nd highest rated thriller. That's it. It's part of the Fallen series. Uh, it's the third film, increasing the total runtime of the three films to 5.77 hours. This is, I think, the longest of the three. Uh, with an 18, it lowers the average rating of this trilogy to 19.33. It falls right in the middle. Uh, Olympus Has Fallen, I think, is about twice as good. So I gave it a 36. And London Has Fallen, I think, is even worse than this. Uh, nearly unwatchable, and I, I gave it a 4. Nearly unwatchable. But there's more to do than just the film itself. The film itself. We have a director. I guess all films have to have one. I feel like you don't need one for these types of movies. But Rick Roman Waugh. Wow. Waugh. Uh, directed the film. This is the third film of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 26. Even it's his second film rated between 0 and 24. And worst movie overall coming in behind Snitch. Uh, he has a value of negative 5, a score of 10.6 to be ranked 3,156th overall. One spot behind a bunch of people uh, tied above him, including... Let's see if there's someone worth... Uh, including uh, Clay Cadis and Fergal Riley, who directed the Angry Birds movie. And Rick Romanwall is one spot ahead of John Grust, who directed uh, a bunch of the My Little Pony movies. That's that's what we're dealing with here. Uh, the direction, An Angel Has Fallen. If you can really say that there is any. I don't know. The film hinges on Butler being charming and devoted to his country. And I think that is fine. I think that gets butts in seats. I think that sells tickets. And, you know, no harm, no foul. But... 
outside of that, like, there's nothing interesting happening. I think the interesting aspects of the film are, if there are any, are purely in the performances. And the direction is bland. There's no, you know, fancy sequences. There's no fancy camera work. There's no fancy lighting or staging or, or set pieces. It's all just presented. Uh, you know, there's a part, <laughs> and we can get, I guess, I, I'll, hold, I'll hold off of this. There's a good good thing I want to talk about, but uh, but I'll talk about that in relation to the writing. So, uh, Rick Roman Waugh, Angel Has Fallen, number 3,155. The writing, a couple of, couple of people credited for writing this film, including Robert Mark Kamen. This is the seventh film of his I've seen. It drops his average film range to a 28.71. It's his third film, rated between 0 and 24, and sixth best movie overall, coming in behind the new version of The Karate Kid and ahead of Taken 3. He has a value of negative 8.5, a score of 13.83, to be ranked 5,738th overall. One spot behind the writing duo of Matt Manfredi and Phil Hay, who worked on things such as Clash of the Titans, Ride Along, The Tuxedo, R.I.P.D. And Robert Mark Kamen is one spot ahead of Tracy Oliver, who wrote Girls Trip and Little. Uh, Additionally, you have Rick Roman Wall, the director, also a writing credit on this. This is the third film of his I've seen as a writer. Drops his average film rating to a 26. It's his second film rated between 0 and 24 and worst movie overall, coming behind Snitch. He has a value of negative 5, score of 10.6 to rank 6,455th overall. One spot behind some of the writers on Angry Birds movie, including the names of Michael Head and Miko Pala. And Rick Romanois is one spot ahead of Adam Small, who wrote Son-in-Law, Malibu's Most Wanted, and Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa, among other things. You also have Matt Cook. This is the third film of his I've seen as a writer. He has two films right between 0 and 24, drops his average film rating to a 25 even. It's his worst movie right behind Triple Nine. He has a value of negative 5, a score of 10, and is ranked 6,532nd overall. One spot behind Gendy Tartakovsky, who is a writer on Hotel Transylvania 3. And one spot ahead of... Tied with a bunch of people. One spot ahead of... There we go. Dave Monahan, who wrote a couple of animated short films, Once Upon a Time. And let's see here. So Matt Cook. We also have Creighton Rothenberger. This is the fourth film of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 20. It's his third film rated between 0 and 24 and third best movie overall, coming in behind The Expendables 3 and ahead of London Has Fallen. He has a writing partner, Katrine Benedict. This is the same thing for her, fourth film, 20 average rating, third film between 0 and 24, third best film behind Expendables 3, ahead of London Has Fallen. They have a value of negative 7, they have a score of 6.33, and they are ranked 7,204th overall, one spot behind author Dan Brown, and one spot ahead of Corey Goodman, who wrote The Last Witch Hunter and Underworld Blood Wars. Uh, I think that's it for the writing credits. Yes, because I started with Robert Mark Kamen. Cool. Um, all right. So, bunch of writers on this film. Probably a problem. 
in and of itself. But pushing past that, I want to focus on one scene. Uh, it's a very small moment. It's really just one line of dialogue. But there's a moment in the movie where Gerard Butler steals a tractor trailer and is eluding the cops. He, It's night. It's... Um, I don't think it's raining. I think it's just nighttime. Maybe it's raining. No, I think it's nighttime. I don't remember any rain. It's nighttime. He's got this tractor trailer. He's driving through the, the woods uh, on this small road. And there comes, at one point, you know, he's got cops behind him. Suddenly there's cops ahead of him. And you don't see it until he does it. But right before he hits the cops on it coming toward him, uh, he veers off onto a side road that we didn't see. You know, it wasn't there. I never saw it. And it's nighttime, so you wouldn't have seen it. But he saw it. So, okay, whatever. That's fine. Cops continue to follow him. More cops appear. Uh, and, and, and so, there's a part of this where Butler, you know, he's in a tractor trailer, not anywhere near as fast as a cop car. But he's got to do something to stop them from, you know, coming up alongside him and boxing him in and whatnot. And so his, his you know, his solution, I think, makes sense to me. Uh, he, he starts, you know, sidewinding down the road. You know, he veers to the left, veers to the right, veers to the left, veers to the right. Um, you know, making it very difficult for anyone to get around him if they don't, if, the, if they're staying on the road. And if they're not staying on the road, then they're losing speed and driving through the mud and dirt and whatever. Uh, so good. I Just purely looking at it from that point of view, this is fine. This makes total sense to me. He's got to do something to stop them from catching up to him. This seems like a viable option. So the writing team, uh, and I guess more specifically the ones uh, connected to the screenplay, which was not all five names listed. I think two of them are part are responsible for the story. Uh, in their infinite wisdom, <laughs> we cut back to a cop, the first cop behind Butler's tractor trailer as this is happening. And... He says to himself, because no one else is in the car with him, he's not on his radio, he says to himself something to the effect of, this guy's a lunatic. Um, now, mental health issues of, of Butler's character aside, he's not, though. Like, okay, uh, you know, when, when, when somebody is trying to elude the cops and they're doing a thing that allows them to continue to elude the cops that that's just called you know being smart and and knowing how to elude the cops you know if 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 i'm being chased by somebody and i knock down a bookcase behind me that causes them to lose a few seconds in in racing after me I'm not a lunatic. I just know how to, you know, evade a person. Like I'm, I'm doing the thing that I'm in this, this, this dynamic in this scenario that has been established. I'm supposed to be doing. You know, it's obvious. You know, Butler is not, you know, attempting to be caught because that's crazy. Uh, he's not, you know, trying to kill anybody. He's just trying to avoid getting caught. He's trying to avoid the police and elude their capture. And I, this is a really small 
probably even you know nitpicky element of this movie especially in a movie that has so many so many so many other egregious issues and and i i don't know i just it, it really stuck with me this guy's a lunatic paraphrasing um is he though like is he if if the armed criminal that the cops were chasing was firing back you know is firing back at you that guy's not a lunatic you know just looking at that one in particular incident he's just trying to avoid the cops it's that simple it's that simple I, it just, I don't know, that one moment, that one line really struck me when I heard it in the theater. I was very, very puzzled. I don't know. I The the only time I think that this, that such a line would actually be worth it, worth, you know, makes sense in the context of cop pursuing somebody is if, let's say, um, the 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 person being pursued is i don't know does something absolutely insane to avoid being caught and i do not think sidewinding down a road is part of the is falls under that category but if you jump off you know a 300 story building without a parachute that's crazy uh because you're probably dead now and so if the cop like looks over the side of the building is like this guy's a lunatic. Fair. Totally fair. I accept it. It makes sense. But it's like... I, I think it's as silly as, you know... This guy just sped up. What a lunatic. Yeah, he's avoiding you. Stupid. So stupid. Let's get at it. I, I, stupid. Let's move on to the performers. Performers. Actors in this movie... There were quite a few of them, actually. Uh, we're going to start with Lance Reddick. This is the 12th film of his I've seen. It drops his average film range by 56.17. It's his... Um, 5, 10... No. Put a... Hold on a second. got to adjust things. Glad it, glad it was the first person I, I stumbled upon. Because I, I marked him down as a 25 to 49 film, not a 0 to 24 film. And that will change things uh, significantly. So, let's try this again. Alright, cool. It's still Lance Reddick. Uh, this is the 12th film of his I've seen. It drops his average film range to a 56.17. It's his only film rated between 0 and 24. And 12th best movie overall. Worst film to date. He has a value of 0.5. A score of 48.64 to be ranked 1,384th overall. One spot behind David Grohl. And one spot ahead of Richard Portnow. Lance Reddick. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, Lance Reddick is the concierge at uh, in the John Wick films. He was also in uh, what, what was that two show? Mm, Fringe. He had some had some roles in Fringe. Did some good stuff there. I liked him in that. He's got these crazy eyes that that are. I, I love it. I love it so much. He was also in White House Down. Um, yeah, Lance Reddick. Uh, in this, he plays the head of the Secret Service, who is nearing his retirement. 
and uh, he doesn't get a lot to do. Next is Jada Pinkett Smith. This is the 17th film of hers I've seen. It drops for average film rating to a 54.12. It's her third film rated between 0 and 24 and 16th best movie overall, coming in behind Demon Knight and ahead of The Women. She has a value of negative 1, a score of 47.42 to be ranked 1,541st overall, one spot behind David Morse, and one spot ahead of Mark Gattis. Jada Pinkett Smith uh, is a plays an FBI agent. FBI. Um, I don't know. Uh, she she plays Agent Thompson in the film, and she's she kind of I, I guess her character has a little bit of potential when we first meet her and as we're kind of going through things, but right after I feel like her most interesting development um we don't see any more of her so jada pinkett smith next is tim blake nelson this is the 28th film credit of his it drops his average film range to a 53.21 it's his fifth film rated between 0 and 24 and 27th best movie overall coming in behind hamlet and ahead of fantastic four he has a value of negative 5.5 a score of 44.17 and is ranked 1954th overall one spot behind Susie kurtz and one spot ahead of Kristen scott thomas tim blake nelson plays the vice president and you know to be honest i don't remember anything from the previous two films i don't remember if um if he was in them and looking through the filmography here, looks like he wasn't. So I guess we didn't know who the vice president was in the previous movies. Which is whatever. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Um, I mentioned, you know, there's an, uh, there's an attack on the president and uh, he ends up incapacitated. And so Tim Blake Nelson steps in to take over for a little bit. Um... I don't know. I always remember, I think I associate Tim Blake Nelson so much with Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And I think because of that, I, I just, I conflate, or I inflate, you know, how good he can be. Or not, that's, that's, that's incorrect. He can be incredibly good. He's a very good actor when he wants to be and chooses the right project. But realizing more and more that he does not choose the right project a lot. Uh, so... Uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Next up is Nick Nolte. This is the 23rd film of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 49.43. It's his third, four, fifth film, rated between 0 and 24, and 20th best movie overall, coming in behind Never Was and ahead of Breakfast of Champions. He has a value of negative 4, a score of 41.48, to be ranked 2,303rd overall, one spot behind Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, and one spot ahead of Colin Hanks. Nick Nolte, pretty sure this is in the trailer, plays Gerard Butler's dad. Dad. Yep. I don't know. He's got the gravel voice, uh, like always, and for what that's worth... Uh, I think the good, the best scene that he has, and maybe even the best scene in the whole movie, is uh, shortly after the two characters meet, uh, and they have to defend themselves. That's about it. 
Next is Danny Houston. This is the 27th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 49.26. It is his third film rated between 0 and 24 and 26th best movie overall. One spot behind X-Men Origins colon Wolverine. One spot ahead of How to Lose Friends and Alienate People. He has a value... Er... Yes, he has a value of negative 8.5, score of 37.36, to be ranked 2,869th overall. One spot behind Dave Chappelle, and one spot ahead of Ray Don Chong. Danny Houston plays an old army buddy of Gerard Butler's Wade Jennings, uh, who runs a private security force, private contracting army, in quotation marks, uh, who, I don't know, out of work, out of work. And once, once Gerard Butler, once Mike Banning to uh, put in a good word for him uh, with the Secret Service. Danny Houston. Next is Piper Perabo. This is the 10th film of hers I've seen. It drops her average film rating to a 46.1. It's her third film, rated between 0 and 24, and ninth best movie overall. Coming in behind Carriers and ahead of Cheaper by the Dozen 2. She has a value of negative 6, a score of 32.42, to be ranked 3,481st overall, one spot behind John Bass, one spot ahead of Jane Krakowski. Piper Perabo plays Gerard Butler's wife. Uh, I don't even remember if she was in the previous films. You know, she does not have a credit here for either of them, so I guess not. So that's a thing. I don't know if they even talk or allude to him having a wife in the previous movies. Uh, but now he does. He has a wife and a kid. Fancy that. Next is Morgan Freeman. This is the 49th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 47.8. It's his 12th film rated between 0 and 24 and 40th best movie overall. Coming in behind The Nutcracker and The Four Realms and ahead of The Big Bounce. He has a value of negative 15, a score of 30.92, to be ranked 3,642nd overall, one spot behind Adam Arkin, and one spot ahead of Tom Kane. Morgan Freeman is the president. He's the president. That's it. That's all he is. Uh, next is Chris Browning. This is the 11th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 42.27. It's his third film, rated between 0 and 24, ninth best movie overall, coming in behind Bright and ahead of Donnybrook. He has a value of negative 7, a score of 28.77, to be ranked 3,850th overall. One spot behind John Goodman, one spot ahead of Chris Parnell. Chris Browning, perhaps the only name on here that isn't immediately uh, conjurable in the head, is... A militia man in the film. He does not get a name, but uh, he's pretty recognizable. He's been in the the show Ray Donovan. He's in what he was in Westworld. I don't know for how long. Uh, he was in. Let's see. Now you see me as cell phone guy. He was in Cowboys and Aliens, The Book of Eli, uh, Terminator Salvation. 310 to Yuma, the new one. Um, I don't know. He's got a pretty recognizable, really rugged face. Uh, so, Chris Browning. Next up is our star, Gerard Butler. 
This is the 27th film credit of his I have seen. It drops his average film range to a 37.26. It is his 10th film rated between 0 and 24 and 19th best movie overall. Coming in behind, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, colon, The Cradle of Life, and ahead of Hunter Killer. He has a value of negative 21.5 and a score of 13.19. He has a rank of to be ranked 4,776th overall. One spot behind Mike Epps, and one spot ahead of John Farley. Butler plays the angel in the film, Mike Banning of the Secret Service. I mean, Den of Thieves is better. He's got a a lot of garbage movies here. You know, I guess this is better than Geostorm. And the Bounty Hunter. Saw the Bounty Hunter recently. Uh, that's pretty pretty bad. Uh, thought I had seen a second film of his fairly recently. But I don't recall. I don't think I have. I think that was just um, me being mistaken. But I have seen... I did watch the Bounty Hunter recently with Jennifer Aniston. Uh, that's that's worse than this. So, Gerard Butler. That's it. Those are all the actors. Those are all the actors in the film. Uh, the film, uh, like I said, uh, the, the the actors at times were the best part. The only good part, you know, Morgan Freeman, definitely phoning it in, but still, you know, still acts, you know, circles around half the people around him. Uh, Danny Houston is always great, uh, I think. He he really struggled. Uh, you know, I, I'd be hard-pressed to find a time where his performance, even in an awful movie, wasn't somewhat entertaining. And, I, you know, this is true here, too. He is a great character actor, and I, I appreciate seeing him in these movies. Um, yeah, that's about it. Like I said, I think Jada Pinkett Smith kind of gets the short shrift here. Uh, really needed a little more screen time toward the end of the film, and I think it would have been a lot better. No, that's an exaggeration. I think her character could have been a little better, and, and could have helped the movie if she was allowed to get more screen time. Uh, no Academy Awards, not expecting any. No Circle of Film Awards, not expecting any. Uh, moving on to the year of 2019, I've now seen 176 2019 films. And I've seen 916 films this year. They have uh, 2019 films have an average rating of 40.81, an average tomato meter of 62.06. That number dangerously close to dropping below 40, uh, but manages to stay above it for now. Uh, Angel Has Fallen is the 35th action film and the 44th thriller that I've seen this year. It. Uh, shifts the good to bad film ratio from down to uh, 0.39 and is the 106th quote-unquote bad film that I've seen this year. With the one on the Bechtel test, it is part of the 25.57% of films this year with that score. And as an R-rated film, it is the 73rd R-rated film from 2019. And finally, with an 18, it is one of the 46 films that has received an 18 on my spreadsheet. Some of the others on that list include another film from this year, A Dog's Way Home, 
Looking to last year, you have Peppermint, Robin Hood, I Can Only Imagine, and Overboard. You've also got things like Fist Fight, Cult of Chucky, The Female Brain, The Legend of Tarzan, Wolf Warrior, The Game Changers, Evil Dead, Planes, The Chaperone, Bereavement, um, Hamlet 2, Ashanti, Trail of the Pink Panther, Maximum Overdrive, Love Potion Number 9, Hamlet from 2000, Hotspot from 1945, and to go all the way back to 1901, Jeffries in his training quarters. Gets an 18. That's it, though. Uh, I really don't want to watch another uh, Has Fallen movie. Uh, so let's let's not make that happen. And yet it's, you know, made just as much opening weekend as as London Has Fallen did. So, uh, you know, we might be in for a fourth one in the future if Butler is capable of it. I don't know. The film didn't exactly leave itself open for a fourth film, but it didn't exactly shut the door either. So even if it had shut the door, I'm sure there'd be ways around it if they wanted to do it. Uh, but yeah, Angel has fallen. Not worth your time. Skip it. Just skip it. Don't see it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It does mean a lot. If you would like to find more episodes of the show, you can head over to circleoffilm.com, iTunes, Stitcher, a bunch of places where podcasts can be found. You can get in touch with me. Find me on Twitter at Circle of Film. You can send an email, circleoffilm at gmail.com, and we will about whatever you want. Did you like Angel has fallen? Um... Do you have thoughts on Parasite before I review it on Friday? Uh, do something else. Movie recommendation, top 10 list, top 100 list. I love those. Uh, and then you can find me on Letterboxd at Circle of Film. If you would like to support the show, like it, rate it, review it, subscribe it, tell somebody about it, or become a patron at patreon.com slash circleisfilm, where for as little as $0.08 cents an episode, you can get early access to every episode recorded at least a day in advance. Which will likely be the review of Parasite, if you are so inclined. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be saying goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be saying adieu. Nothing's really left. Or lost without a trace Nothing's gone forever Only out of place So long, farewell Oh, what I'll be to say Wait a minute Wait a minute, Wait a minute. So long